a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Iron Man MX Review. Lots to talk about when it comes to Iron Man. The final round. Of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships, and uh, yeah, let's dive right into it. But before we do that, flyracing.com, 2019 gear out now. New mid-level boot, new helmet, new colors, redesigned uh, light hydrogen line. Lots to talk about when it comes to the folks at Fly as well as uh, the final round. So please uh, check out flyracing.com for the 2019 offerings. I think you'll find something that you like, even if you like palm trees. They'll have you covered with that, too. So thanks to those guys. Also, too, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Maxis. MXST Tire is out now, developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. And uh, whether it's your mountain bike, whether it's your light truck, whether it's your trailer, whatever it is, Maxis Tires will have you hooking up, grabbing the whole shot. To learn more about their new tire, go to Maxis.com and see it. This is their entry into a premier tire line, folks. So, um, yeah, they've done a good job with it. Chris Kiefer likes it. And uh, I'm sure you will, too. So please check it out next time you're thinking about slapping on a uh, set of tires onto a motorcycle or a mountain bike. Their mountain bike tires are great. Also, Alpine Stars protects. You know the name. You know the brand. You know the quality these guys use. Whether it's the A4 chest protector, the Tech 10 boot, which is the most advanced boot in motocross today, the Tech 7 boot, the Bionic Neck support system. Alpine Stars will have you covered any which way you want, anywhere on your body. They make great protection products, so please check them out. Alpine Stars Protects. And also, finally, the RacerX brand. They want me to read about this brand. Uh, if you go to racerxbrand.com, use the code PULPAMEX, you get 20% off the entire order at RacerX brand stuff. So uh, shirts and hats and bottle openers and backpacks and, yeah, RacerX brand stuff. They're really doing a good job with it. So please go there. If you want to save 20%, use the code PULPAMEX. RacerXBrand.com. So get yourself some stuff so you can look just like Wygan out there. And, uh, yeah, so thanks to those companies for making it happen. Thanks to you people for listening. And now, the Weege and JT reviewing Iron Man. And now, as promised, to talk about Iron Man and more, uh, a couple of Jasons are on the line. First up, from uh, FlyRacing.com, a man who has uh, raced Iron Man before in a uh, Legends race that didn't go so well. The Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not much. I can uh, honestly say I was happy I was not an Ironman. That was that did not look like a lot of fun. Uh, driving to the track in the morning, it was lightning so close to where I was driving near the track and pouring rain and dark black sky. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. 
but it, luckily it cleared up. But holy smokes, it was a really gnarly storm in the morning. So, um, yeah, scary times. Also uh, on the line, the voice of Lucas LMA AMA Pro Motocross Championships, Jason Wygant. Yeah. Last one, dude. You're done now. You're done. That's it. 12, 12 weeks of glory. Uh, you know, as you know, I've spent all the money before I even have the checks. Yep. That's how I live. Uh, so I don't know what I'm going to do the next couple months. I got to live off of Racer X only. But you know me, I don't have any savings, so no. it's going to be tough. No, you're yep. not a guy that ever puts money away or anything. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, living in the moment. Uh, yeah, that rain on uh, Saturday morning was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was scary, dude. It was like pouring. Luckily, I mean, it rained a little bit in the motos, but. Not much. The damage had been done to the track, but holy smokes! For I thought we were had to evacuate the uh, press stand for a little bit there because of lightning. Yeah, it's a crazy gnarly storm. I think it was a mud race. I think this one. <laughs> I think this one was a mudder. I was still holding out hope at seven thirty when it was just absolutely raining like as hard as it could possibly rain at seven thirty in the morning. I'm like, this is probably not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out. Right. It was a mud race. Yeah, no, it was. Second moto, though, the guys all said second moto track was uh, pretty good, rideable. Uh, the biggest decision guys had was uh, paddle tire for the start or, you know, something a little harder pack for when the, the, the dirt got pushed off. It was like an either-or thing. Some guys told me they made the wrong choice. Some said they made the right choice. And, but nobody was happy, uh, JT, with the tire choice either way because you had to sacrifice one, one or the other. Yeah, that, that happens a lot. I think uh, sand tracks like Southwick, there's that discussion. Um, so that comes up quite a bit. Millville is another race where that comes up quite a bit. So they face that that uh, decision, you know, more often than not. But I'm more interested in Weege. That's two out of three races we've been in the mud. How do you feel about that? You know, I feel good about this one because I don't – were we hearing weather predictions of mud on uh, Monday for this one? Uh, it was about mid midweek. There was uh, I, no, I there was, was no predictions, I, I so I actually feel like I won. No, there, there has no been. one butter, and it was a mutter, so it just shows you. <laughs> yeah, you should go to Unvital. Yeah. They were all predicting it. Oh God. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. This is where I need some clerical help, and I need to keep the running list of all the times Vital or anyone else has said a mud race is going to come, and it doesn't happen. Um, and again, we added a oh, half hour break between the motos at Washougal because it was so hot. Washougal was going to be so hot. We needed an extra half hour break, and it was eighty four degrees. <laughs> I feel like we, we, I feel like you are going to win that battle, no doubt. Like you are in the right most of the time, right? Yep. But I feel like yep. what you've done is that you've created a little bit of the troll train, where it's either all or nothing. If there is ever a mud race, you lose, and you lose badly. That's because you painted yourself in such a corner that there are never mud races, and there is never bad weather, and it's never going to be hot, and it's never going to rain. So if anyone, if it ever rains, now people just pound you with it. Oh, oh, dude, exactly. Our, our buddy uh, uh, Corey Moser. I don't know if you know him, but he's a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, it was like noon. Hey, is it going to be a mutter? So yeah, I, I did unfortunately turn this into most races don't turn out muddy when you think they are. To no races will ever turn out muddy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I went a little bit too troll train on it. Second place is awesome, Steve. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about with that Troll Train stuff, but whatever. The goal is to be a contender. He was definitely a contender, second in the series. Yeah. Would Troll Train have been second in the series three straight years if he didn't get hurt while second in the points late last year? I don't know. Was he second uh, with the Star Guys? I think he was. Because remember, he made the donations. Wasn't he second, and they just picked Webb for 450 to move up? And yeah. I think that's second the year Webb won. 
I don't know. Yeah, but uh, we're taking our talents to JGR next year. So okay, uh, okay. So do you guys want to? Well, and wouldn't wouldn't in sixteen didn't wasn't there a battle with Muscan and Muscan lost out or was that fifteen? Um, Maybe that yeah. was fifteen. Yeah, Alex Martin second place in the sixteen series. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that was Marvin when that Webb, up. Webb and. Uh, and, and, uh, and seventh in uh, the series in uh, fifth in fifteen. So yes, had he not gotten hurt, uh, he he had a nice grip on second, I believe, when he got hurt last year. So yeah, would have got second three straight years. Yep. And booted off the yep. team though, but booted off his team. Just we got a we got a you know we got a guy that rode uh, four amateur races all year. We got to take him. So I talked to uh, I talked to Troll Train in the morning, and he said. He didn't quite go to your level, Mathis, but he said, in previous years, I've had Plessinger covered. I've beaten him in the points each time. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, well, this, this, I mean, Plessinger has always had more talent than Alex Martin. There's no doubt. Because you, you see races that where Plessinger is just untouchable. But the steady Eddie troll train, you know, <laughs> you figure that you're going to bank on that year in and year out. But Yep. All right. Yep. Do you guys want to start with Tyler Medaglia or now or or how how long do you want to spend on Tyler Medaglia? What's the quickest and easiest way to get it done? <laughs> yeah, right now, probably right off the bat. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's get Troll Train. Right. Let's get Medaglia and let's get in Marty. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Yeah, Tyler Medaglia shows up from Canada out of a van. He was the top placing Kawasaki rider in Moto Number Two. He ended up sixth overall, rode great. I, I tried to get him factory parts immediately after the race, but the team was seemed like they were a little busy celebrating the Tomac thing. But, um, yeah, the, the kids showed up. He rode great. JT, I mean, we, the Pulp Mex Fantasy thing, I like the troll train. I rode it hard, uh, Tyler Medaglia, and uh, thankfully he paid off. But he rode really well, man. He, he, rode, he rode great. Yeah, he was solid. I mean, T-Dags is, he's good people and he's been around a long time and, and he's no stranger to showing up for American nationals. He's actually raced this race a few times at Ironman. Uh, but this was, I think, you know, custom tailored for him. And if it was dry, I think he would have been a top 15 guy. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. there's no, that's nothing to sneeze at either, but uh, the conditions worked in his favor. He's a good mud rider. He's raced a lot of off-road races too. And, you know, to me, when you are very good in a situation and you have the opportunity, you have to capitalize on it. You know, you only get opportunities like that so often and good on him. He did it. He got good starts. He finished the motos. He didn't crash. He did everything that he needed to do. And yeah, I congratulate him, man. It's, it's nice to see good guys do well. Yeah. I mean, Phil and Chad and another group of guys were on him in the second moto and he just kept that gap the same the whole way until late when he fell. Like he was, there was no problem. He, there was no issue. He ran that spot in the second moto for a long time, and uh, it wasn't like he, you know, took advantage of some down riders. Weege, did you? I've not watched the broadcast yet. Weege, did you throw in the GNCC mention? Uh, in the practice show, I said if you're Caleb Russell and you decided better to heal up and not race these races, you're probably super pissed right now. Um, and obviously, tons of Plessinger, but that's all. No, um, I, I meant uh, with Medaglia. You never threw in the GNC, GNCC. Nah, look, I'm going to assume his mud racing prowess comes from racing in Canada, not from doing two GNCCs the last two years or something like that. Wow. Right? What, did he show up for one or two a year? Figured you would and hang. I don't I, even know if they've been muddy. I figured you would hang on to that. That's how you, you roll. 
Um, no, I, I'm a politician. I give, I give to all, and this is Canada's chance, maybe their loan chance. Not, even, mean, we, not even on the business. You know what happened with Clatt and the LCQ years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. So, this is the best, so I gave it to Canada. This is the best finish for a Canadian at an AMA race for a while. Maybe Blair, Blair Morgan at Steel City one year. I think no. Colton Pesciotti got fifth at, at Southwick a few years ago. Fifth overall or fifth in a moto? Twenty eleven, I believe. Fifth overall or fifth in a moto? Uh, I don't know that for sure. I do remember him getting fifth though. But e- either way, it was I, I don't know. I don't I have all the facts in front of me, but I, but I do remember a fifth. Regardless, uh, no, uh, he went uh, he went five thirty six that day. Okay, yeah, so my bad, but uh, still okay. Uh, well. Um, yeah, that's I feel, a, it's a great ride on any level. I don't care who you're racing against in any condition. Six overall is fantastic. I feel like I deserve some of the credit for his finish, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, I was walking to the announcer's tower during practice. 450 seated guys were getting out, getting ready to go out, and I saw Tyler on his mountain bike just sitting at the top of the hill. And I said, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, nothing watching. I said, why aren't you in this practice? He said, I- I'm in B. And I said, What? He said, yeah, I'm in B. Like, that's just what I'm in. And I'm like, no. And I knew the track. You know, we saw these 250 uh, unseated guys, and we'll touch on them in a second, get all the time. So the track was getting worse and worse. Not that I was scared Tyler wouldn't qualify because he's certainly good enough for that, but you never know. So I called over Jeff Canfield from MMX Sports. I explained to him that Tyler won a Canadian national this year. I explained to him he should be in the seated practice. And uh, Jeff, thankfully, pulled some strings. And Tyler had to hustle to get dressed and ready to go for for the seated practice. So I, therefore, qualified whatever it was, fifteenth or something. So yeah, I think uh, I think I deserve a small bit of credit, Wygant, for his finish. Um, sure. Yes. <laughs> what difference did it make in the motos? Did that help him in the motos? Got to get better gate pick than he might have got in the unseated. Well, we'll talk about how the no credit, uh, factory guys on 250s had garbage gate picks and then still most of them managed to get decent starts. So, I don't know how, but they did pull it off. Right. Like, Fortner did not get buried, even though I think he had 39th pick or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to think, we, we do a privateer thing every week uh, during the practice show, which you can watch on NBC Sports Gold. And um, back at Southwick, um, JT's favorite topic, Robbie Marshall, was mad that he wasn't in the A practice. He was the subject of our privateer feature. And uh, they quickly got him into the A practice. And then it basically became a running thing every week. Just ask Canfield to get him in. So I'm finding that, like, if pretty much anyone asks for anyone, you're in. <laughs> I mean, it does help yeah, out, I, I don't want sure. to I don't yeah. say this, but I've seen someone get bumped into A practice because of a request every week all year. So yep. I, I don't want to tell you that. All right. Well, whatever. Shouldn't he be in the A practice? For sure, right? In, in the first place. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how. It, I mean, I guess there's just no way to automatically trigger someone who's scoring points in a series that isn't even in the results database for the series that you're racing in that weekend, I guess. But yeah. come on. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't think there's this big oversight. I think they, they, you know, they look at the sign up. Did you score any points this year? No. Did you qualify this year? No. Okay, you go and yep. be. Because yep. I don't, and that's it. I don't think yeah, somebody exactly. had it closely, right? No. No. Yeah. I don't no. think. No. No. Um, so the same thing with Robbie Marshall, who, as you know, JT, he might not race any races before he gets to Southwick. But as you know, there is zero chance that things aren't going to be go stellar for him. You just can stamp it, guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Marshall, 
uh, will haunt my dreams, but I'm glad to know that if he never races again, I went out on a high note with him. Okay. He wrote it to the end. All right. Let's, let's, you guys, just running this podcast off the rails. Um, so, Eli Tomac clinches another title, um, second in a row. Gets second in the first moto to Barsha. Rides really well. Second moto, he starts like ah, 15, 17th or something. Kind of just rides behind Reed, and we'll talk about Chad in a second, to clinch the title and bring it home for the second year in a row for the Monster Energy Kawasaki guys. And, like, someone had told me, oh, you know, this is not going to be great for Eli in the mud because anything can happen. And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. Anything can happen. His bike was smoking after he crashed in the uh, in the first moto. But, I mean, there's just, Weege, he was the fastest guy all year. Stamp it, bottom line, without a doubt, the fastest man. He deserves his title. Congrats to him. Yeah, I mean, look, this whole season just came down to he had a mechanical failure at Redbud when he would have scored 25 points. He was long gone in the moto, and that's it. So it was the illusion of a much closer championship uh, than it was. If you were to look at last year and this year on paper, it doesn't really give you an idea of how this season actually went. Um, It was just as close this year, points-wise, last year. And I mean identical, because he missed wrapping it up in the first moto last year by one point, and he missed wrapping it up in the first moto this year by one point. But it was far less competitive. And even though Marvin did have the points lead this year at midseason, which he didn't last year, there was never really a time where you're like, wait a minute, I think Marvin might have the edge here. Uh, but there were definitely times last year when Eli was yeah. getting fifths and sixths in motos and Marvin was winning three straight overalls. You were like, what is going on? It never really seemed in doubt, even though the points at one point were flipped. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Absolutely. It just, he was, he was great. Marvin had his moments for sure, um, you know, but uh, it was great. Did, did you notice, did everybody notice, and I, I didn't watch the whole thing, Eli's burnout after the race? Just a, I saw some of it. It was impressive. Just, just, just a classy burnout, and then done. Just, I'm going to burn it out. We're going to make some smoke. We're going to all enjoy this, and then done. We're not going to try to blow the shit up of this motorcycle, everybody. We're not going to do that. We're just going to do a burnout and call it good. We're not morons. We're not idiots. We're not blowing this thing up. I liked it. Good job. That's the way to do a burnout. Why are you so emotionally attached to motorcycle engines? I mean, I worked on them forever, seemingly. I don't know. I don't like throwing the bike. I feel like yeah. I feel like you have like emotion attached to it. Like they're gonna they're gonna rebuild the whole engine anyway after a mud race. Like they're gonna throw out everything. That, that engine's pretty much garbage. Well, it's garbage anyways because the 19s are so different. So, um, no, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying. But after after a mud race like that, yeah, we're it just doesn't even matter. We're not animals here, JT. Just trying to blow this bike up <laughs> like like a bunch of. I don't know. know some of the some of the rides I saw Tomac put in. I don't know if you can argue that. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, congrats hey, to Eli. See, uh, can yeah. we talk to Skate Pick in the uh, second moto? I don't know if you guys will see that, Steve, because I don't know what you can see from where you are. But I mean, Marvin, of course, lined up right next to him, and then you just know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. You're not going to put money on Eli getting the jump on him off the start. It hasn't happened all year. Yeah. And then you know he's going to get both cut off and have the shit roosted out of him so bad. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's part of the game. Eli had the better gate pick than Marv, right? So he couldn't get away from him. Um, yep. Yeah, that's, yep. I mean, I'm okay with that. It wasn't, it wasn't the Austin Forkner on Zach Osborne move, you know, JT. So I'm okay with it. It's racing. 
Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, you got to do everything you can to win. I don't. I didn't see Marvin do anything out of out of the ordinary. You know, like if you if you know you're a better starter than somebody and your whole mission is to try to beat them in the moto, yeah, I'm gonna go start right next to them. You know, so whatever. It's just gamesmanship. Um, Justin, yeah, I like it. Justin Barsha, one one on the day. What up? I mean, it's one of the cooler stories we each of 2018. Is I mean, he got a Honda for the Monster Cup. And on the very first time he rode it at a race, he ate shit at the bottom of a start ramp. Like, oh man, that's a good video. Like, you go from that on press day to now being on a Yamaha going one one of the final race. Like, what a comeback! What a story! Like, you know, him and I have had our differences for sure, but I don't really care. It, it's an incredible story. It's a nice comeback. He told me he was really close to quitting, and what a way to go out! Nice work for Barsha and the Yamaha guys and, and everything else. Yeah, it really was put in perspective to me. We did a press conference for Team USA on Friday afternoon, and I asked the guys, I'm like, was there any hesitation at all? Do you need to think about being on the team or not? And Marsha said, I was ready to do it, even if the race was in Europe, no hesitation, because he's like, look, man, to think that I was going to end up being one of the three guys picked on Team USA this year, yeah, at the beginning of this year, like, I would take it over and over and over, no matter where I had to race. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Essentially, you could say Motocross the Nations is kind of like being a, a starter in the all-star game. Right? Like, and this is a legit year where there were a lot of good guys, and Barsha earned his spot. It wasn't like he was seven dudes declined and then yeah. he got picked. Like, he legitimately yeah. earned it. And yeah, to think where he was and then to think, like, oh, yeah, he'd logically be our second best 450 pick yeah. for the entire country is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. No, and re signed with them for a couple of years. And, like, yeah, just, just awesome. Really good to see a guy, you know, bring himself up from there because it got ugly, JT, at times with this guy and, and, and the. Everything else last year, like the last few years. Like, well, so, you know, I go back to, you know, the end of kind of the end of the season. You, we went to Jacksonville on Labor Day, which is, you know, upcoming this following this next weekend. And he was on, you know, JGR Suzuki and they went to Jacksonville USGP and it just went awfully bad. I mean, it was just horrific. Nothing went right. You could tell he was trying, but it just wasn't happening. You know, nothing could go right for him. And I remember leaving there that weekend, just driving, driving to the hotel and kind of taking in the weekend. And, you know, Barsha kind of crossed my mind. And I'm like, man, I don't know if this guy's going to be on the starting gate next year. Why? He's, he's made really good money and good for him. And, and I'm all for riders making money. It's a hard thing to do in this sport. I kind of wondered, like, is that the last time we were going to see him? And, and obviously, you know, history has proven that out, but. Yeah, to see where he was then, and that, I think that was about as low as it gets, leaving there with no ride. No one wanted to touch him at that point, really, to you know, yeah. the last race, going into Motocross Nations, as you said, leaving Indiana with a 1-1, signs his Yamaha deal, so he has a, you know, a future home, a steady future home with, a, with probably good income. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I, exactly what you just said, but, man, it is, it is a serious yeah. – Comeback story. And, I mean, Davey Millsaps never raced again, and that gave Justin an opening. And I, I thought he was a little nutty for taking it because he hadn't enjoyed the Yamaha at JGR, and I knew the bike was different, but how different can it be? And I'm like, I don't – I remember saying, like, I would just stick on the Honda. He's got lots of money to pay the bills and, you know, get sponsors. But, you know, he took the took the ride, and, yeah, great, great work. Oh, so. you, you look at how the season went, and, you know, I remember watching him at Anaheim 1 – and he was putting the 51 at the top of the oh, yeah. top of the board a few times, and I was like, "Huh, like he looks pretty damn good." And he was whipping and it he, and scrubbing, like he looked fast too. 
besides yeah, the Tigers. Yeah, I wasn't convinced. I wasn't convinced then. I was still like, yeah, but whatever. Like, you know, we've seen this. How, how many times have we seen Instagram videos of Barsha at JGR, and you're just blowing your mind how fast he is, and then he shows up to the weekend and he doesn't do anything. But, yeah, he goes out and gets a podium at the first race at Anaheim, and then really – I mean, yeah, he had the injury, which set him back pretty bad. But when he's been healthy, it's been pretty consistent. Like, maybe he's not on the podium every time, but it has certainly not been the Justin Barsha of 16 and 17. So whatever he figured out mentally with the bike, whatever was has gone on, um, he's definitely back. So it's good to see. Yep. Uh, someone asked me this. When was the last time we sent the 250 and 450 champion to Disney Nations? And I could only think of, like, Baggett and... And uh, Dungey. Like Dunge? That's terrible. Five years or so? That's Lomo. Wow. Yeah. When was Yeah. yeah. Uh, am I missing one? 2012. Can you guys think yeah. of Am I missing something? J-Mart. The year the J-Mart went. Who, uh, won, who, who won the Little Bike class in 2011? Uh, uh, Boudin. So we couldn't have him. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Dino yeah. would have so, been on our team, but we couldn't have him. Yeah. Yep. And then two years was Roxon, so you couldn't have him either. Yep. Um, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Hey, I'm Barsha. I just want to give credit. You know what Barsha did not do all year? He never talked crap. And I will totally admit that on this very podcast, I said I had, I think I gave it a 95% chance of not working out well. So he proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong. And he never, um, he never stuck anyone's nose in it. And we joked about it even at the banquet thing on Saturday night when he's up on stage. He's like, yeah, hey, a lot of people didn't think come back. He's like, even you. I'm like, I did not. I did not think so. Yeah. But he was really classy about it. He had every chance this year to rail on people, and he never did it. And uh, I think that was pretty cool of him to just be like, you know what? Yep. I know what it's like to be down, and I'm not going to dig that hole again. I'm yeah. going to be cool. Look, and even even coming up to me and being like, hey, man, you know, we got to work this out. Like, he was so pissed at yep. me. He hated me. He hated me, and that's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys hate me, too. I'm used to it. But I think that took that took some balls and maturity to, to do that. To come up to me and, and like he doesn't need me, he doesn't care. Like he doesn't need me on his side or whatever. But he was like, "Hey man, we need to work this out. I'm sorry. Let's let's you know, like that. That's kind of unheard of. Like you know, all of that. So, um, yeah, great great job for Barsha and Yamaha and everything else. Is it a coincidence that uh, I go Blue Crew this past week and uh, they they go one 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 at Ironman? I'm very happy yeah. for all of us um, on on the Blue Crew. We're really killing it. And when I told Jimmy Perry, the manager at Factory Yamaha this weekend, that I did get a Yamaha, you guys should have seen his face. It was fantastic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was shocked. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, great great work. Um, so, Tomac in the second moto, um, I didn't hear what he – I didn't watch the press conference. Did he just say he was taking it easy, uh, Weege? Uh- yeah, I didn't actually make it to the press conference myself, but then we interviewed him with either, the yeah. best post-show ever, which will be up probably by Monday morning. Um, yeah, he was just going through the motions, but let me go way off the rails here. So we have the banquet thing on Saturday night at the track, oh. and I'm trudging my way out of there at maybe 11 o'clock. Is this, the banquet? Like is, is, I, is this the banquet where my sources say you were uh, bagging on me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, the, the best go-to jokes I've always had were Alessi's and J-Law, and they're just – They've just timed out. I mean, they've just aged out. So I'm like, who universally would everyone have zero problems laughing at? So you're my guy. Yeah, yeah. Thank no, you. Yeah, I heard. No about one was it. offended. I no heard. one was offended, and uh, in fact, it was cheered. I heard about it. Yep, I heard all about yeah. it. Thank you. No, no one, no one was offended at all. No one said, "Hey, that's a cheap shot at Steve. He doesn't deserve that." No one said that. Um, 
So I'm leaving. It's yeah. like 11 o'clock or something. I don't know. And I see, like, there's a darn rave going on at the Cowie Rig. So I'm like, I'll go check this out. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Eli's mom, Kathy, jumps out. She's like, hey, we got pizza. We're hanging out. Come on over. So we're hanging out in there. And I took a page out of your book, and all I did was just rail on Eli. I'm like, you got beat straight up by Chad Reed, second motor. You had nothing for him. <laughs> you had 30 minutes to get Chad Reed. 36 years old, hasn't even raced when he's in three years, and you couldn't get it done. And he's like, oh, I was just cruising. He, I was like, I know he won't crash. He's not going to crash, so I'll just stay with him. And I'm like, straight up? Yep. Give, give Chad 23 more of those. He is your champion. <laughs> that, that, that does sound like something I would say. Absolutely. You would be so proud. Yeah. I knew you would yeah. be proud. Yeah, I got you there, yes. bud. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're only as good as your last race. And guess what? Your last race was Chad Reed in front of you. So, um, this is why sometimes I want to physically harm Steve when he's doing that to me. <laughs> um, hey, so let's let's talk about Chad. We talked about Barsha. We talked about Eli. Let's talk about Chad. That that um, was the buzz of the day. The JGR pits had you know a s- nice stream of people around him all day long, and I got to give him credit. I didn't. I mean, it was muddy, so I don't know how he would have done dry. But I sensed if it was a dry track, he would have surprised me. Also, um, we you know that I did not believe he was going to beat Phil. And uh, he didn't beat Phil technically. They tied in points, and Phil got the tie break. But uh, Chad was really good uh, in both motos, got the starts. I, I was surprised, why again with, with Chad Reed. I guess, once again, he surprises us. Yeah, although in the mud, it's really hard to say. I don't know. Like, it was awesome. The result was great, but I don't. Yeah, but, dude, I still, think he's, I still think he's like 7-8-8-8 eight, eight, eight guy in the, in the dry, and I don't know if I would have had him there. Yeah, I don't know. If he had gone seven eight or eight eight in the dry, then I would be like, that is way better than I thought. But in the mud, um, I could see him getting these results just because he's just savvy. Like he knew exactly how to get the start both times. Uh, he knew how to not screw it up. And you know, the main knock I think that everybody figured going in is you know his fitness, and it's just not as big a factor in the same way cardio wise yeah. and heat and humidity wise and all that. So. The biggest weakness he figured he had was thrown out the window. The greatest asset he had is experience, which becomes a massive factor. Um, I'm not saying at all, like, ho-hum, this wasn't amazing. Like, for him to just show up for the first time in three years and get this result in any condition is awesome. But with the mud, it definitely played to his favor. So, unfortunately, I'm like, we'll never know. Like, we'll never know where he would have been in wow. normal wow. conditions. Can you not just be you happy? Like, I mean, I don't know. Really? I just said it was awesome. Well, then you proceeded to knock it down, and if I go to JT, you'll knock it down even further. So I guess, uh, you know. I don't I mean, think so. It, no, I'm, I mean, it was a mud good. race, man. I, I know it was yeah. a mud race, but, I mean, it was good. Listen, he, Chad, Chad Reed did what Chad Reed does all the time. He finds things that other people aren't doing. He's smarter than most of the racers on the track. He found the inside grass line, and then, all of those other guys weren't smart enough to take it in the second moto, which is just completely baffling to me that they let him have it again for the second moto. He couldn't believe it uh, there's either. There's actually a story there. There's actually a story there. So because the WMX moto had to race at the end of the day, Davey Coombs had to host a press conference because the announcers were busy. So uh, Davey asked that question of Marvin, and he's like, because I thought it was a cheater line, and if I won the title, I figured – There'd be so much drama. Like he's like, I wanted no part of oh, that grass stop line. Stop it! That's on the day no, that, is, that is a terrible excuse. Terrible. 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 Really? That's terrible. Really? And, That's and, terrible. What, did, and what did Eli say? Uh, oh, it was just oh, Marvin. I don't think Eli commented on. It. I think uh, oh. Marvin just said. And then David, you actually posted it on Instagram. 
Um, the line in the grass. The, the, one of the first things Chad said after I said, nice starts before I even hit record, and he was like, can you believe those idiots didn't take that inside line after they saw me do it? <laughs> that, 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 that's he absolutely was, true. He's like, I can't believe that's they let me have it again. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I could not believe it. And no, I talked to Dan. I talked to, yeah, everybody involved was like, what? Like, do you guys not, you not know how this works? Like, <laughs> Marvin yeah, was afraid he'd I, be protested and DQ'd. Oh, give me a break. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> There's no markers. There's no track banners or markers or anything. And they didn't there even do anything yet. about it. Chad did it in the first moto, and they didn't do anything about it. You think, I mean, Hampshire, Hampshire was there in the, in the 250s. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That, I mean, whatever. He, he didn't win the title, and it didn't matter anyway. But as far as a reason to not do it, I don't buy that for a second. I think that's um, not, not a good move. <laughs> I mean, Barger passed okay, it up. Yeah. JT, let's talk about Reed here. Let's talk about Reed. Where are you at with this? Uh, I think it was fantastic. I think uh, Chad's physical ability and conditioning and all that would have been his biggest detraction, you know, and also being 36 doesn't help. Uh, you know, he definitely caught a break with, you know, and not being hot, not being humid. Like, if it would have been Bud's Creek, he would have really suffered, I think. Uh, but you can only race, you know, the conditions that are brought. And, you know, he has so much experience and just he's seen every situation so many times that, yeah, you leave the start gate open and you allow him to jump up on grass to get a good start. Yeah, he's going to do that. And then you give him a good start in the mud, he's going to get a good finish out of it, just like he did in Seattle, just like he should have done at Daytona in 2008, just like he's done most times it's ever been muddy. Uh, so to me, it wasn't shocking. You know, uh, fifth in the first moto was was great. I I thought he would maybe get a little bit worse than that. But when you factor in all of these variables like mud and the starting gate and a depleted field, which whatever you say what you want, uh, then at the end of the day, when you look at it, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. He just he he used every tool in his toolbox to to get a good finish out of the day. Yep. Um... But still nothing for 19 Supercross, you know. J-Bone's like, uh, yeah, you know, trying to trying to make it work. I'm like, we got to make this happen. I mean, this is a nice fit. You know, Chad and J-Bone were all saying the right things to each other. There's a bit of history, Weege, between the JGR guys and Chad. And not, not a good history, in a way. Not good history, no. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and but, you know, they're all working together now. So, but uh, I got to give props to J-Bone, too. He, I kind of asked him how this whole thing went down, and he reached out to Chad. Out of the blue. Hey, you want to come ride our bike the last two races? Did he did he tweet anybody asking for yeah, Chad's, for Chad's number? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was uh it was good to see. It was Chad and he there was buzz, huh, Wygant? Didn't you feel there was buzz? How's he gonna do? What's gonna happen? What's uh, different teams uh, I went yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yep. On uh Friday when they were on press day, like there were I think I counted like six or seven kids ran over to the starting gate to get his autograph and then People are, he's taking, dudes are doing practice starts and he's taking selfies with fans. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just getting roosted because, yeah, he was, he was the most popular guy the weekend. Yep. And it was awesome to see it work out well. Like, no one wants to see anyone at that level come in and just struggle, you know? You don't want to see that. You don't want the uh, RJ getting on the brakes at Millville that you always talk about. So it was awesome that he came in and rode well. Like, no one would leave there saying that sucked. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked about Barsha and his ride, and he certainly killed it. There was only one man who passed the 51 all day long. Only one man. <laughs> Passing the 51 and taking off for a little bit. Looking pretty good. And that's Philip. Philip! 
Nicoletti. Led three laps of Moto 1, grabbed the lead. Ah, Phil. He's just, he's just solid. Fifth, sixth overall in the year at Wygant for Phil. Yeah, yeah, sixth in points. Now, Phil Tolley, did you do your standard? Did you interview him after the race like usual? Or? What, what do you think? Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> of course. Did he, mention, he told me his throttle was all jacked yeah, up. Yeah, I assume because of the mud. Yeah, he, yeah um, same thing. Because he did kind of go backwards a little bit there late. Um, and I only knew this because I think there were some rumblings from Kawasaki that they thought he moved over for Marvin. Uh, and I'm like, well, Reed also passed him, so there would be no reason for him to do that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't even ride. I couldn't even ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, nice to see Philip lead some laps. I think he's going to Canada next year. I don't think the deal's done or anything, but he'll be up there all year. So it sounds like Philip's leading. At any point lead- were you thinking, wait a minute, podium at Unadilla, the mud is even worse here. Yes. He win this race. Yes. Yes, I was. I thought it for a minute. I yeah. Because he, he was pulling yeah. away. Why not? Yeah. I, yes. That's what I thought. I'm like, he could win this moto. Oh, my God, is this going to happen? <laughs> it was like 50-50 at that point, but no. not impossible. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yep. Philip, Philip rode well. Uh, second moto, he came in for goggles and everything and gloves, I think, and he was 13th or 14th, and then, dude, he ate those guys up. He passed Chad. He passed Tomac. He passed Tillier, uh, and late in the race, and he ended up with a seventh place. Like, he was 12th with, like, six laps to go. And and then just got on it once he got fresh goggles and gloves. So he rode really well in the second moto too, outside of that fall and stopping. Um, how about did anybody get to the bottom of Tellier just showing up from France just out of the blue on a three fifty? I anybody? don't know. I just know he was with a TPJ. That's all I know. Just I'm gonna come. I saw in. something. Okay. Sorry, I saw something. He was coming uh, during the week. I just saw a yep. blurb about it. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know just, anything other than just, that. I, I want to go race Ironman last race of the year. I'm going to show up. He rides in France mostly now. I've seen this guy uh, overseas, as you two know. Been a fan. So, um, he did ride Supercross one year, right? West Coast did Supercross with Bud, I believe. Bud Racing. So Yeah, I think last year maybe. Uh, ninth overall for him on the day. Is he even one of those? I always thought he was one of those French just Supercross specialists, like, he, he races outdoors? Yeah, apparently I guess he so. does. Yeah, apparently he does. Yeah, I'm with you, too. I thought he was more of an indoor guy. Um, Cooper Webb and Marvin? Wow. Wow. <laughs> there's there's some anger there, JT, with those two. Yeah, they're renewing a rivalry that we haven't seen for a couple years, uh, which is fine. But the interesting thing is now they're going to be teammates and training partners. How is that going to go? It, there was definite, like, I'm going to ram you. No, I'm going to ram you moves going on. Like, like the, the intensity yeah, level picked up big time. Yeah, I don't think that Cooper likes Marvin. I don't think he has ever liked Marvin. And I'm, I'm completely speculating. That's my opinion. If it's wrong, it's wrong. That's fine. But we are in the business of having opinions. I don't think he's liked Marvin ever, uh, which makes this all the more weird. Like, sometimes, you know, truth is stranger than fiction because now these two are going to be expected to ride together, train together, cycle together, gym together. And I don't think there's any love loss, which has now been right back brought to the forefront. So yeah, yeah I mean, good luck with that. I know it was for a podium spot in a moto. So that's a big deal, but you know, you get the last moto of the year. It's muddy. It's shitty. And Marv catches you from a ways back. And, and all of a sudden it is like nom. It's just, 
it's just Vietnam, nineteen sixty-seven, all over between them. Like it's a bit weird. It was a bit weird of a pickup of intensity. It was good. It was exciting, but you were like, oh boy. So all that was running through my mind the entire time, and I think you sent a text to uh, one of the members that will be riding there next year. I don't want to say his name, but it sounds something like Schmack Schmajborn. Uh huh. I think you had mentioned, like, first of all, Alden's program has usually only been three 450 guys, so now he's going to have four. So these are the four. Now, I know Alden has denied it over and over. Many have said there were problems between Anderson and Muscan this year. I know it never happened. It's completely, <laughs> totally fabricated. Yeah. Or in Alden. Now you're throwing this in there. And by the way, Osborne, who we all like, he's a good guy. I don't think he's a drama dude, but he does have to race them. So now all four have to race each other. Uh, that is going to be interesting. I've never seen a man back away from a text conversation as fast as that Schmack Schmasborn guy did. Did he? I don't remember his response. <laughs> he just, he, he, I, yeah, he did not want any part of this conversation when I was g- trying to grill him. I think he just said, I'm focusing on racing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, Blake. That's what I'm saying. Zach's yeah. not a drama guy, but no. you just, some things are inevitable when dudes are going to be racing each remember, other in the same class. Wasn't, wasn't Anderson spotting Marv the week before Oakland? Or was the week after Oakland? They were spotting each other uh, at don't the gym. Even, yeah, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, um, everything was fine all week, and then the next week, Anderson's like, well, we live in a different town, and we didn't even see each other all week, and we didn't ride together or train together. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> huh. We just been, we just gets fired up every, about twice a year. About twice a year, JT, we just gets really fired up. And uh, Anytime well, we just misled, yeah. Yeah. it goes poorly. <laughs> Uh, dude, it just makes me look bad. If I put my name on a story with a source and name yep. the source, and then the source gives me bad info, I'm like, now you just made me look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying well, to do the I right think, thing and ask you and not speculate. Yeah, I think some of these, some of this stuff, you just got to learn your lesson and kind of look at it with a, you know, look at it sideways a little bit because, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of motivations and a lot of reasons to try to keep the peace, right? So it doesn't always have to be the truth that they're feeding you. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty cynical at this point in my reporting career of this sport of motocross, supercars and motocross. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, Blake Baggett was very much stuck. Uh, and nice job for him to even come back. I mean, he got, he got 16 in that moto. I mean, his bike was sunk. So nice work for, for, for Blake to come up. And second moto was pretty good um, for him. So it was impressive to see him come up. I, I just – I always like the guys – Look, there's nothing on the line for a dude like that. There's nothing going on. He's stuck up to his side panels. But he's a racer. That's what he does. That's what he gets paid to do. And he could have easily pulled it in. Lots of high-dollar factory guys have pulled it in when things like that happen. But I like it when guys are like, I don't even care who's watching. I'm motoring down, and I'm getting 16th. And even though no one will care and no one will notice, that's what I do. You know what I mean, JT? I like that. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's in it to win it. I don't think he's ever been a quitter type guy. You know, yeah, like he, yeah. it's, he's all in on racing, and this is all he knows and all he does. And uh, yeah, thicker, you know, thick and thin. He's out there trying. So it, yeah. it was cool to see, even though the result he wasn't was, anything good. Yeah, he was thirty second or thirty fourth when you yeah, know everyone was. It would have been yeah. very easy to take it to the truck. Yeah, in that instance. That's what I mean. I, yeah, like I agree that. with you. Uh, Speaking of taking to the truck, did anybody see what happened to Anderson late in the first moto? Do we know? Anybody get a, an idea? Uh, yeah, he took it to the truck. But no, he didn't quit. He must have crashed. I know, but he was oh. riding, crashed. Okay. And he was riding around and he got lapped right at the very end. But he had obviously crashed and had a 
Because he, he was, was up, up he to moved seventh? up quite a bit. He was riding pretty well, and then obviously yeah. things have gone sideways. But And he started seventh. Was he up to seventh, sixth or seventh, I think, right? Uh, he may have been seventh. I was thinking seven, eight, something like that. Okay. And then just didn't start second moto. So, um, yeah. all right. What else? Um, 450-wise. Uh, Tomito. Marion with another hole shot. That's two mud hole shots. Right. Three weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice work. He almost led one lap. Just about. So. Close. Yeah. Um, good deal for him. He didn't even have a poncho on this time either. So that's good. I was giving him crap about hole shotting. You need to deal with a poncho. I'm a big fan of him not having a poncho on if he's going to hole shot. Yeah, yeah really, right? Um, Teddy Parks wants credit for the Pirelli tires for those those starts. Why? What do you mean? Well, they they're like the only guys running Pirelli, and he's ah, we're pulling hole shots and factor riders in the mode. Uh, like the whole the, the whole TPJ runs Pirelli. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay, I knew. Yeah, I knew Marion runs did. Pirelli and two mud hole shots. So no, I knew Marion did, but I didn't know it was a TPJ thing. But yeah, good job, Teddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, although Merriam's that was the highlight of Merriam's day. It went sideways from there. <laughs> Cody Cooper didn't have a good day either in the mud. Uh, he was really trying to get tenth into points, and he could have with a good day, but it didn't work out for him. Justin Hill, I just saw him uh, getting lapped in the second moto. He had a decent first moto. I don't really know what happened, but he got lapped, and it was wasn't very good. So, um, Benny Bloss didn't have a good day, not at all. Nine crashes, he said. That's not good. Nine. Nine crashes. Um, yep. And Roxon, by the way, was very much aware of this battle for third in the points with Barsha. So, really? Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like. And then Barsha wow. was aware, too. He wanted it and didn't get it. Kenny got him. But, uh, yeah, wow. Ken, Kenny rode much better. This, he, And he told me, like, Unadilla helped him. He wasn't very good at Unadilla, but he hadn't ridden mud race for so long, and he felt like Unadilla helped him uh, at uh, at Indiana. So, good job for I'm him. I'm surprised they cared about that. Yeah, me too, third, right? Third in, the, third in the championships usually worth some money. So oh, okay. I don't know uh, I don't know that that's what they cared about. Yeah. Both of those guys make really good money, but it is worth the money for most times. I mean, remember I was trying to get the battle for fifth going a few years back. Yeah, oh, Medi and Shorty. Medi and Weimer? No, Weimer and Shorty. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they were very, very engaged in that. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Isaac Teasdale rode well in one moto. Good job for him. Uh, all right, anything else 450-wise, boys? Nope. First back-to-back nope. champion for Tomac since Carmichael. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, for Kawasaki? No, for anybody. Yeah. Oh, I thought he's, oh, okay. I, I was also, JT, saying your reaction, like, what, huh? But Dungeon Villapoto went, you know, every other year. And Stewart only, you know, did one. And Kenny. Kenny. GL. Kenny and Rox and Kenny and Dunge traded off. It went yep. Rox and Dunge Roxon. So hmm. yeah. Don't forget my man GL. The the title that should have been Tim Ferry's? Yes. What about who what was fourteen and fifteen? Who was fourteen and fifteen? Roxon was uh fourteen. Fourteen. Roxon won fourteen, Dunge won fifteen, Roxon won sixteen. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, I I, I, I was I was shocked. Twelve I was, years. Yes, I was very surprised at that also. So um, yep. Just in in the in this day and age where we just have one guy that just crushes it a lot, you know. Yeah, but you and I had a long talk with uh, Bruce there from Cowie, which we love to do. Oh, Saturday morning. Oh, it's 
It's great. Uh, it's a discussion I've had several times with Chase, who's uh, kind of my right-hand man with the RacerX site, and we're trying to figure out why Cowie does not have this golden reputation that if you actually look at the numbers, they should have. Like, no matter what, if Honda, does, if Honda shows any pulse whatsoever, it's like, oh, here it comes. Here comes the big red machine. They just always are going to get that bump because of how dominant they were, but that's a long time ago now. And I think KTM and Husky certainly have a great rep now. But meanwhile, Cowie, like if you look over like a 30-year span, they're always good. They never have down years practically ever. We did joke about the one Millsaps here. Yeah. But I don't know why. Like this is what Cowie does a lot, and I just don't feel like it's perceived that way. I mean, dude, yeah. you go to from uh, Emig to Carmichael to uh, Villapoto to Stu and RV and now Tomac. Like this is it's a long legacy. Yeah, I don't really think you guys are totally on the right track. Like, I feel like they do get a lot of credit, but I, I know what you're saying, for sure. I don't think they do. Yeah. I don't think they do. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, they get credit for the, the pizza they were having serving before the motos, though. Big B what? cooking it up. Good job. Wow. Um, wow. All right, anything else for 450s? No? That's it? How was that banquet, Weege, after the race? How was it? Like, what what'd you think, outside of making fun of me? How'd it go? Uh, that part was great. Yep. Um, Making fun of you was great. Um, it was much better. So what we've done the last few years is they held it at the Lucas Oil Estate, which is like 45 minutes from the track. It was just too convenient. Like they have this ridiculous mansion that I don't think anyone lives in, and I think it's used for banquets. So it's like we have this place for free. It's a cool thing to show people what Lucas Oil does, and it's in the same town the race is in. But no one showed up anyway. So they tried it for, I think, three years. It was ridiculous. We were bringing the top 10 in each class on stage and generally 10th through 2nd, no showing. And then the two champs. So we held it at the track, and almost every rider was there. I think the only team I could think of that didn't come was Pro Circuit. And honestly, I mean, they probably had a helicopter to just get them out of the track and out of this season. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think Savachi's like, yes, let me get my 10th place medal. Yeah. Uh, um, or, or Forkner also, whatever. I think Forkner got 8th or something. Um, but everybody else showed up. All the teams were there. Everybody had a good time. It was uh, way better. I mean, obviously, it was still pretty muddy down there. Uh, it's just right next to the starting gate with a tent. But it was awesome, really, compared to what we've had last few years. Was, um, yeah, Bones Bacon retiring, by the way. I didn't know that until heck? I left the track. I didn't know that. I would have said something to him. I saw him. said hi to him. But, yeah, Bones is retiring. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I heard... Like, Tim Cotter, I don't know how you missed that, Mathis. He would, it was announced on the podium. They were doing, like, this huge Bones thing, like, in opening ceremonies. I'm like, Bones is the last guy that wants mic time yeah. on the podium. I'm like, why are they doing this? And then all of a sudden, Cotter's like, oh, for 34 years, he is retiring today. What? Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Good guy, Bones. Um, all right. Let's, yeah. let's uh, fly racing Racer X uh, podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Listen to this commercial from Racetech and, and everybody else, and use the code PULPAMEX18 to save. And we'll be right back after this to talk some more uh, 250s from Ironman uh, before we go. Racetech suspension and engines, people. PULPAMEX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech. Guys like the HEP Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpomex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Driving down 
do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, we're back. Fly Racing, RacerX Podcast, flyracing.com. 2019 stuff out now. New redesigned, lighter, cheaper, cooler-looking F2 helmet uh, is out there now. And uh, a lot of riders on the, on, out on the gate were using that thing. And uh, fantastic helmet. And lots of lines and colors, redesigned and everything else. Improved if you're into, like I said in the intro, if you're into palm trees, Fly Racing has you covered with that too. Uh, Maxxis, uh, MXST tire out now. Developed by Jeremy McGrath. Podcast with Jeremy McGrath coming out this week, everybody, on RacerX Online. And also, too, thanks to the folks at Alpine Stars, A4 Chest Protector, A1, the Tech 10 Boot, all examples of Alpine Stars stepping it up and uh, killing it with um, uh, Alpine Star Protection. Also, too, Friday night before the Monster Cup, there's a RacerX Pulpomex live podcast show, thespacelv.com for tickets. They start at 20 bucks. These two jerkies on the phone will be there along uh, with some special guests. And uh, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Tickets are already moving pretty good, JT, so I'm stoked on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm hoping it turns into something that becomes a regular thing, but uh, I'm excited overall. I, I encourage everyone to come. We're going to make it fun. I just hope we doesn't make fun of me in front of those people also. Oh, I will do that if he doesn't. Okay. So that's almost a guarantee. Um, all right, 250s. Weege, this could have gone two ways for Aaron Plessinger. It could have gone... I've got the title. I don't really care. Uh, I'm going to just, you know, I didn't ride all week. I'm going to just put in two motos, have fun, and this is all, you know, whatever. This is how it's going to go. Or it can go pressure's off. I love Ironman. It's the last my right, my last 250 race of the career. I'm going to crush these dudes. And especially, look, oh, look, it's muddy. I love mud also. I'm going to crush these dudes even more. And it went the second way, Weege. Yeah, I didn't really have much doubt. Just what we saw with Osborne last year in the exact same situation. Like, he rode even better with the zero pressure. Uh, but I really had my tell uh, on press day. You know, there were rumors like, oh, what if Plessinger rides a 125? Or what if he tries a 450 just for fun? So I said, hey, was there any thought of 125? And he's like, there actually was. And he's like, but it'll probably cost me about 40 grand. And I'm like, how's that? It's like, to win. So, Yeah. Yeah. There's still big win bonuses on the line. So all I need to do is hear that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. He still gets paid a lot of money to win races, even if you don't have to for points. So, And then, yeah, throw in the mud. Yep. I had no doubt that he was going to go and crush it. Let every lap but one, JT. Yeah, this is a strong race. And, and to Weege's point, yeah, I mean, the, you know, I think when there is this big public uh, outcry for, well, ride the 125, they don't look at the finances of it. And like, yeah, but I'm going to ride a track I, I dominate typically. And oh yeah, it's supposed to rain too. Yeah, uh, you guys want to raise GoFundMe forty grand? I'll do it. You know, like I think I don't think most people look at that side of it. And Hampshire and Sexton, boy, the the guy who writes the Geico PRs has got to be stoked the last couple of weeks, huh, JT? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When their uh, times are down and out, I bet they. I bet that's a difficult job, but they're uh, they're making it easy. Those guys, and honestly, good for them. Those guys have 
taken advantage of, you know, uh, Amart's been struggling and, and Plessinger's wrapped this thing up and been thinking championship, but especially RJ, man, what a great job he's done the last few weeks. How each? Yeah, whoever that is that writes uh, some uh, press releases and gets quotes for the Geico team, he or she has had a really easy job of it these last two weekends with uh, really positive results. Although I will say that um, the integrity, journalistically, of the person that writes those press releases, uh, when it's bad news, the bad news gets reported. So it doesn't matter too much. But, man, so much talk about the engine's better, the engine's better, the engine's better. And uh, Dan Bentley, the team manager, told me the same thing there, too. So yeah. they seem to be onto something. Yeah, it's Dan, sure, Be- it's Dan Bentley, everybody. It's Bentley. You said Bentley. Everyone says Bentley. It's Bentley. Okay. Did I throw in the end? You said Bentley. Sorry. Yeah, it happens. Oh, jeez. Okay, so listen. It's like um, Brandon Shearer. Okay, so, well, actually, Cameron McAdoo, and I had him on my Pulp Mix Fantasy team, and Ugh. that's not going well, Cameron McAdoo. The whole Cameron McAdoo Geico experiment has not worked, and, and I don't know. I'll get, to, I'll get to him on Wednesday. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but 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 from taking him from MCR to injuries to the uh, you got to feel for this kid. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. It, it hasn't worked. What I don't get. Yeah, I almost feel like this with, shouldn't happen. It was like too early for him. He wasn't ready for it. It almost seems right. What I don't get is he is so good, especially in these mud situations. But I feel like he he doesn't realize that you have to finish the motos. Like, it doesn't matter how fast you go. Like, that's great. You, your lap time, that last lap was incredible. But then three laps later, you crash, and you're muddy and DNF, and then it's all for naught. Like, it doesn't matter if you can go really fast and move through the pack really quickly if you don't finish any of these races. Yeah. And, I mean, at both motos, he if you watched his lap times, he was great, like top five speed. But, yeah, he would crash and, and push too hard. And you have to – you have to let the track come to you, and there's a there's a delicate balance there between trying too hard and, and overriding the track and overriding the the situation, and then also you know being able to go fast. And I just don't think he's he's found that balance yet. And I've I've watched it time and time again with him, but you know to get results and to consistently be at the front where he wants to be, you've got to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, well, Sexton and Hampshire have, and they got to be stoked for. 2019, and, and the bike, like you said, Weege has been working, so good job for those guys. Hampshire goes 4-3 for second overall, so that, that's a good deal. Um, so what we saw was Joey Savacci qualified fastest in the morning in the seated practice, but it was only 11th best. And the top 10 guys, Hunter Sales was the pole position winner. He looked as stunned as anybody on TV to give an interview. And um, because the track was so much better when they went out, they were the first practice of the day. I heard there was a high-profile parent, you know, saying like, "Ah, oh, this, this is wrong. They should put the factory." And I'm just like, "Really, really? You guys get all the advantages almost all the time." And so, yeah, it works out for these the unseated dudes, and that's the way life is. And just deal with it. I mean, that's that's it. That's that's all you could do. You can't juggle it some more. So these three-digit dudes just get hammered once again. Supercross. You you don't want to, you know when the track gets groomed? Yeah, when it's time for seated practices. That's when it gets groomed for practices. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I wasn't having it, JT. I didn't care. I was fine with it. Good job, Hunter Sales, and all all you other jerkies. Yeah, we see this at Southwick every year. You know, it's the same situation. the The first unseated practice out on the track, it, it, we see this time and time again. This was a even heightened version of that. 
Uh, it, it was even worse. And guys like Jordan Bailey and these guys, you know, Jordan Bailey only got to race one moto of the day because, you know, and he wasn't quick enough in the seated one. Jordan Smith didn't make it. Uh, Harrison didn't yep. make it. Well, Jordan Jordan Smith did make it, but he didn't want to race. Oh, okay, he, yeah. That's he right. had a knee he was, injury, so he scratched. Yeah, he Jordan, was the last one in. There was a top ten. Uh, top ten got in. That's right. And the points got in. So Jordan got in. But there were uh, – Cantrell didn't Jordan, make it. Jordan was in either way. He didn't want to ride, though. He was 40th fastest of the day, but he didn't want to race because his knee injury. So, or, so uh, either way – you just got to step up in that spot and you know, you know what the deal is, you know, sometimes it's going to be that way. And, and normally they have the advantage every single weekend. Uh, but this week it just didn't work that way. So normally those guys, those unseated guys are out there in the mud and they're the ones forced to cut in the lines. And then the seated guys go out there and the lines are all perfect. And, you know, and it's, that they typically have the advantage. So yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it swinging the other way sometimes. Uh, so Jordan Smith was not 40th. I just double-checked. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. 40th was I know. I, so Jordan, I promise you I was watching this like a hawk all morning. He was 40th, and then he scratched. That's where all the everything went sideways when he he decided not to race. So they just printed out he's not even included? Okay, because he's 65th on qualifying combined. Right. They they scratched him. He was 40th, Okay, he said, he, I don't want to race, Okay, and what, everything went okay, crazy. Okay, he didn't qualify. But they put him in because he was forty. He got forty gate pick, and then he decided not to race. So okay, Jordan Smith did, that, that jo- makes sense. Jordan okay. Smith didn't make it. McElrath didn't make it. Sipes didn't make it. Forkner didn't make it. Lopes didn't make it. Like that's insane. Dakota Alex didn't make it. Cantrell didn't make it. Jimmy D didn't make it. But uh, Jordan got in, uh, but decli- declined to race. Austin Forkner got in. So Forkner bumps Falk out of the race because he takes a spot, top ten overall. Uh, McElrath bumps Jordan Bailey out because he gets top, top yeah. 10 overall. Uh, Moseman barely makes it. RJ Hampshire, the second overall, was only 33rd. So it was uh, it was nutty. Can to you see. imagine? Yeah, can you imagine how stressed, and you may have been down there, I don't know, but how stressed the mechanics area was during that seated practice, knowing the times they needed and their guys aren't in, and I just Holy can't imagine smokes. how much yelling was going on in the, the headsets. I, I Yeah. We, I don't have a problem with – these high-profile guys missing the race. I, I'm fine with that. He, you know, bravo to the privateers. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, and I do agree. Although I will say that it was lucky that it happened to be the last race of the year and it didn't affect anything. That top ten in the points, I guess, assures that it's not going to affect the championship. You know, it's not like yeah. you're going to have yeah. Marvin Eli and then one just doesn't qualify because of a weirdo practice situation and the whole thing's season's blown. But um, I, I did, as it was unfolding and you could tell almost instantly you're like it's not going to happen yeah, like, yeah. There, there are no heaters that are going to be put in here they're not going <laughs> to get in um and i was like man there's going to be some people angry and frustrated and trying to figure out what can be changed or what can they do uh and they didn't have by the way they didn't have the lcqs yeah uh which i should have mentioned on the air we were told that they wouldn't have the lcqs they were trying to keep the track you know fewer laps as possible so yeah if you're one of those dudes like jordan bailey doesn't make it you don't get another <laughs> shot at it McElrath, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. McElrath, but, um, McElrath told me he got a pit board during practice, needs six seconds. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Somebody, I can't remember who it was, but we watched someone lay in practice on the show, like attempt to, to, to get it done, and it was good for about three corners, and then it just started going sideways. Yeah. It's like, yep, you cannot pick up the pace in these conditions. 
No. Uh, well, that, that pit, yeah, that pit so board sounds about like that it's not going to be a complete disaster. Right. Go ahead, JT. Yep. That pit board sounds, uh, sounds very similar to many pit boards I received in my career yeah. during the middle of the moto. Yeah, Frank, Frank telling you. <laughs> so, Hunter Sales, fastest, fastest overall. Cody Van Buskirk, second. Michael Hand. Maxwell Sanford. Nice work to these guys. Good job. Um, and then, like you said, JT, uh, Bailey got in because he was 41st. And somebody didn't start the second moto, um, and so he got in one moto. Anyway, and Jordan Buskirk didn't ride. Oh, yeah, that's right. My fantasy pick. Me too. Oh, oh, he was fifth, though, until his bike broke. Um, so, anyways, so Plessinger wins. Uh, Ferrandis is probably on the podium uh, if his bike doesn't blow up late in moto one. And I don't even know how he got tenth because it seemed like his bike blew five laps from the end. Uh, yeah, like two laps to go, but that's how these races go. They were, they were, they were so much faster than everybody. They were yeah. literally two laps ahead of 11th, which yeah. is incredible. Right? Really? Um, crazy. So he goes 10-4. Uh, definitely a podium spot for him if his bike hadn't broken. He, he was on it. Uh, that Hunter Sales kid, though, he does go 12-14 on the day. So nice job, Hunter Sales. Um, it's like the first time he's ever finished two motos, and I don't have the hard evidence of that, but I looked pretty closely at his results before the before the motos, and I'm I'm willing to go out and say that's what, maybe the first time he's ever finished both motos. So yeah, kudos to him. Take advantage of the mud. Good job. That's solid day. Justin Rodbell, Traders guy, Wagner, Strauss, Walker, Zach Maley. Zach Maley was. Stuck for 18 laps in, in in the second moto, but still he got 18th overall or something. He got 13th in the, in the first moto. So a lot of these guys. Speaking of a, yeah. a mud story like that where you're stuck, I remember uh, you know the year Bradshaw wins Mount Morris in the mud 97. You know you lost your shoe. Uh, crazy day, right? Just unbelievable yeah. mud for you know the younger listeners or people who aren't as well versed in the sport. It rained at Mount Morris like a monsoon hit, like. Way worse than what we saw yesterday. This was unbelievable. Just standing water everywhere. I got stuck on the first lap of the first moto, and it took the entire moto for them to get a quad over to where I was. I went down in the wood. I was stuck in the woods. I basically got run off the track and went down into a swamp. They had to pull my bike out with a quad, and then I got out, and then I took the checkered flag. I was there the entire moto. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you end up getting? Do you remember? How'd they do that? Last place. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I only did one lap, Steve. Yeah, but you would have beat the guys who DNF'd or no? No, uh, because I only did one lap. Oh yeah, I guess so. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was an early day. All right, anything else with two fifties? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't know what to tell you. Hey, this this series really. The air kind of left the building when AP went on his run, starting at Redbud. I feel like at Redbud, AP put his foot down, and it was pretty much curtains, you know, July 4th weekend. Like, it was done. We didn't know it at the time, but it was done. Is it not amazing how often that's the case, especially in this 250 class? I mean, Webb, two years ago, the exact same thing. He he outdueled Savachi in the first moto there, and then Savachi crashed in moto two, and that was it. It was just Webb's title from there on out. I think we argued about that at the time. Yeah. But it's so weird in that class. He can go all the way back to I mean, Andy talks about it over and over. He basically sucked for the first five rounds, get to Redbud, kill it, and then just be unstoppable. So weird in that class. Yeah, Forkner's got to, Forkner's got to look at this as just a lost opportunity. The season? 
Yeah, the whole season. Like, just he he yeah. should have been up there, yep. man, uh, the whole time. Getting podiums. I don't know about a title, but, you know, getting podiums and everything else. Well, and so, I, yeah. I think this this thing really got away from him. That crash with, uh, with Amart seemed like that was it. Just like with AP putting it, you know, stamping it at Redbud, the crash with Amart was basically – the end of the end of the run, like nothing ever went good for Austin Forkner after that crash. Uh, Savachi, I guess, is going to be on a 450 this week over at Cowie riding Supercross Tuesday. Yeah, probably never wants to see a 250 again. I talked to Osho for Johnny O'Mara for a little bit, um, and he works with Joey, and he thinks it's going to work for them going forward. But yeah, we just kind of talked about Joey's season, and he doesn't really agree with me. Like, obviously, uh, I said, hey, I've been riding about. Joey needing a fresh start, just like Bogle got one by going to Ricky's place and ripped off a moto win and then ripped off an overall. And I said, just like that, I said, I think, in my opinion, uh, knowing nothing about the situation, that a fresh a change is needed. And, and Osho didn't really agree. He said he has been reading that, what I've been writing, but doesn't really agree with that. So I don't know if they're going to do that or what's going on. But he he's, yeah, he says everything's great during the week. Like, everything's going fine. Just not working. And and he said and he said it's frustrating and he's been there as a racer you know so just wash your hands of it and go to the 450 class. Um. All right. Anything else? 250 wise. Is that it? I think are, we, it. are we good? Are we doing? We're on to we're, uh, we're on the motocross nations. We are on the motocross nations. Yeah. We we, we uh, again USA taking the win there too. I predict. All of the you can't you're not allowed to talk about Tomac and Hurlings and Motocross Nations. I don't want to hear about it. That's on now. Like that's game on. No, it's not. Else. No, nobody cares, dude. No, it doesn't mean anything. Like you guys just break this thing all down and you break up the strengths and the weaknesses and this is what I think is going to happen. And dude, they're both so gnarly. You're, you're, they're both so on. gnarly. Your, your official opinion is that you think nobody cares. No, people do care, but I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to help you people to realize that this one race in in Michigan. In October, like it isn't the end oh, all and be all. So, I'm excited already. I, I may not even sleep tonight. Oh, geez. I I think, <laughs> I think I think they split. They I don't know if they split wins, but they split beating each other. Like you know, I, I don't know how it goes, but just because who like knows? Jacksonville. Yeah. Um. But yeah, weed your. I will say this, Steve. The, yeah. the donations rarely, rarely comes down to. You know, and ultimately it comes down to which team wins. That's what mo- that's what people will care about that day, and it rarely comes down to literally if one dude just beat the other dude heads up, like they're separated by one point. It's not like has, has ever in the history of the nations is it like the final moto and the top two guys are one two, and you're like whoever beats each other, this is it. It's like it just comes down to some other guy on the team having a disaster and getting a bad start, and, and it swings very rarely mm-hmm. with this. Uh, the only one I can think of. And it worked out perfectly. Was an O three in Belgium, and it was really just hyped. It was Carmichael versus Everts, uh, but it was a one moto format, so that changed it. Yeah, I can't remember ever with a three moto format. Yeah, that was a one point. Nobody cares one about moto win really mattering. Nobody cares about O three. Nobody. Yeah, we do. Ricky nobody. showed Everts what's up. He did. He rode really well. He, he crushed it. I can't remember what happened to the other Team USA members. I don't remember. You yeah, I don't know either. Do you remember, Steve? No, oh, okay, I don't. On. I don't know. Oh, okay. Nobody remembers. Good call. Um, How it went. No, it's, Steve it, and Roger shared a moment in an elevator. Yeah, 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 we really did. We really did. 
Um, you guys would enjoy that. Um, there was uh, so on press day, Plessinger and Tomac ran donations, graphics, and numbers. Mm-hmm. Barsha did not. So I razzed Jimmy Perry about that. Then later they switched the stuff onto Barsha's bike for a photo shoot. And I'm like, already, where's the team unity? Yeah. Two of the three guys rode with the nation stuff. You did not. There's no team unity. And he just goes, well, I ask you, where's the team manager? <laughs> Which is true. There's no sign of DeCoster anywhere that day. Yeah, that's so. kind of odd, right? Uh, that's a little odd that he wouldn't be there for the photos and whatever, some interviews. I don't know. Maybe he had something going on. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I'm just saying, as we've heard somewhat through the on the outside, the amount of respect for Roger DeCoster and well-deserved is massive. But within the walls of those pits, there are some people that don't mind taking shots sometimes. I think the KTM and Husky thing has you know, done a lot to that. The, his, his competitors, the other teams are like mm. shaking their head at that a little bit. You know? um, yep. Yep, just, just a little bit of that. That's not all Roger's deal, but the, yeah. the Marvin and Ryan pulling over in New York. Or wait, he took a bad line. That kind of stuff, you know, so. Yeah, right. And Roger might, like you said, might not really be directly ordering those things. No. But, but yeah. Uh, you know, you're the boss. It reflects on you, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah so Red Butt will be great, for sure. And Weed, you're hosting a Friday night uh, Road to Recovery Legends deal. Yeah, it is now official. I don't know if there's any bidding left because uh, they had another bid for tables on Thursday that's now passed. But it's pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, you're going to go over there, Steve, right? You're going to be there? No, I'll be there. Yeah. JT, you were on Friday night? Uh, I, I'm i guessing I will be allowed to go. I don't know how this works. I, you know, I don't, if, if I'm invited and can show up and, and help the cause, then by all means, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah I, I mean, Stanton has I, just gotten, like, almost every, you know, Team USA guy has ever raced ever to hang out, and basically, like, people can pay 500 bucks to sit at the table with them and have dinner with them and bench race all night. No, I, I don't think they got Stu, though. I don't think. Maybe. He wasn't on the list. <laughs> I think it's one guy they missed out on. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I I put a bid in, so I got a spot with it on a, in a, with a table. So I'm stoked. I'll, I'll be there. Oh, right. good you, for you. you did That's it awesome. the, the real way. The real way. And I'm going to, you know, it's a tax write-off, and but it's good good cause for road to recovery. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in. Good for you, Steve. That's, that's stand-up of you. Yeah, that's like what that. I do. So I will be stoked to sit with a – Powerful past member of Team USA. It's going to be amazing. Do you, you know? Oh, yeah. You, RC. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Now you pick your which guy you want to sit with. Who are you picking? Certain guy. Went 2 1 at Motocross the Nations over the years. Saved the team in England. Rode phenomenal at Bud's Creek. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't told I haven't told him yet, so nobody tell him who's listening to this. But I am just going to walk in and sit down next to Tim Ferry and be like, "What's you up?" Five hundred dollars to have dinner with Timmy—that is superb, right? I had to, so it'll be it'll it'll be epic just to hear Timmy. Nah, that's for a good cause. That's that's cool. I like it. And just to hear Timmy, you know, give his hot take on the sport will be worth it alone. I mean, right? I Do you mean, think he'll know who's on you at Team USA? Ah. <laughs> uh, 50-50, I think, that he knows who's on, actually on the team. You know, so. <laughs> that is really cool. I, you know what? Obviously, I used you as a butt of jokes during the banquet, so you know where the respect level is. But I will say when it comes to things like this, I mean, you gave stank dog money. You've raised tons of money for privateers. It sounds like you've got something cooking for privateers for next year, even bigger. Yeah. This Yamaha deal, whatever that's going to be. So, yeah, you do put the 
unlike I, I tell people this all the time behind your back when they're railing on you. I'm like, you want to know how Mathis does things? This is a rare, rare thing he does. He just pays people. Yeah. He pays people to be guests, to come on a show, to, to do things. And if they don't want to pay, you know, sponsors want to pay, he doesn't get mad. He actually pays. He doesn't just ask for favors. It's a novel concept. Yeah, it's very, very odd. It's very odd. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, a lot of, lot, of, lot of privateer stuff over the years for sure, you know, uh, so it's cool. We did $3,000 for Devin Raper. We did the quadruple challenge last year. So, yeah. Um, all right, yeah, so uh, nobody tell Ferry if, if you're listening to this and you, and you know him because I just, I'm just going to roll in and be like, what's up? Let's talk. Let's okay. talk about uh, – Timmy, I want to talk about this Nations with you. Let's talk about that 07 title. Oh, wait, you didn't get it. Um, you going to talk about 03 Nations or no? No, let's not talk about 03 Nations. Okay. That was garbage. <laughs> um, okay, so all right, everybody, we're going to keep doing these during the offseason here and there. Silly season stuff, maybe uh, Disnation stuff. That kind of that kind of roundup. So. Tomac and Hurlings talk. Tomac and Hurlings. We'll break it down and everything, and all of that. So, um, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Thanks, boys. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? 
The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey, 